Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to the podcast formerly known as Off Brand. <laughs> now officially named Environmental. Environmental. Can we do this? Um, and I, can we pass it to each other? Oh, wait. Oh, I'm on the other side there. That's wait. You're on you're on this side from me. I have no idea how the recording will show actually. Wait, let's see. Um, I don't know how this if, if that's interesting that your yours is switched. You're on, wow, I don't Maybe know. Maybe yours is switched. Wow, okay, fair point. I did say that. <laughs> Wow, biased. Um, um, I don't know how it'll record because I'm just, yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll see. Well, now we'll know because we had this conversation. Yes, but I've never tracked that information um, to, to remember yeah. like which side you were on in the screen. Very interesting. I don't know. We'll maybe it's see. an algorithm that shows like maybe the first person who's in the in the meeting is on the left of the screen i don't know how they choose that i don't know maybe it's random i don't know if anyone knows does anyone work at zoom here yeah hey zoom how do you choose who's on what side and why aren't they on the same side why do we see different things why do we see different things yes um and nobody can do the pass off mm, bitches. yeah right Right. If there was a standard for this, then we could do more uh, synced movements of Zoom calls, which mm -hmm. somebody should get on that. Um, yeah. Anywho, hi, everybody. It's like side note from our huge announcement that we just that this is the first episode of Environmental, which is essentially the same podcast, but now it's not off brand anymore. We're going to talk about the environment and sustainability. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, we are going to learn about different aspects of sustainability, different in, in different industries that they that that is affected, I guess, or different industries that need to make change. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to have guests. We are going to read books about different industries. It is going to be um, just sort of a really, I don't know, I think it'll be a more succinct podcast in the future, starting now. Starting next week. Starting <laughs> next week. Next week, we will have our first official guest. It's a yeah. never before. Mm -hmm. uh, never I'm a before. little nervous, um, but... We've had guests, like we started doing guests for our brands that bloom and mm -hmm. we loved it so much that we were like, let's add guests to the new podcast situation. Pretty much. Yeah. So that was our test. Oh, we haven't, we haven't said who we are yet. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh. <laughs> we got ahead of ourselves. I'm Courtney. I'm Aubrey. And we run Dandelion Branding, which is a digital marketing agency for sustainable brands. That's why talking about sustainability and in the environment makes a lot of sense for us. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
Yes. And that's why we're transitioning this into, so it's, it's, yeah, we hope that it's, um, you know, helpful for folks who want to learn about different aspects of sustainability, but mm-hmm. also helpful for brands who want to make their brand more sustainable um, yeah. if in their particular field um, or industry. So that is really the main goal behind making these changes. And um, yeah, we hope yeah. you guys like it. Yeah. yeah, we work solely with sustainable brands because we think it's really important. And um, we're also starting, we have another new project called the Living Brand Directory that we're getting um, rolling in the next couple of weeks. And so it's, it's felt really like a good, like good movement to also say, okay, we're going to dive deeper into sustainability and understanding all of the issues around it, what that term actually means, um, and how close we are to hitting those goals. There's a lot of rhetoric out there for like, what's going on. I don't know if you've been on Twitter lately, but if you follow like environmental stuff on Twitter, shit is crazy. Yeah. Um, so we just thought, okay, let's just do the, let's, let's take a pulse on what we actually know about a situation and then learn about it and then talk to somebody that is an expert in that field and give like actionable advice for the people that we work with um, and, and the consumers out there for like how, how to navigate sustainability in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that more and more people are getting interested in um, Mm -hmm. or, or concerned about um, which is a great thing. That's what's necessary. And, you know, I think, we don't have a ton of time to like make some big changes and Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be an issue that um, will stay at the forefront. um, Yeah. For the foreseeable future. (laughs) So Right. Right. um, And right now, Um, You had mentioned earlier, I think maybe on the last podcast, but also just in our conversation earlier, something that I think is really topical, which is that sustainability and like choosing, choosing the eco-friendly option uh, has, is almost completely falling on the individual right now. Yeah. Um, People like, while you see brands moving in that direction, actually Walmart's doing a really good job about that right now. So cool. Um, but you see brands moving in that direction and you see like some government stuff moving in that direction. You don't see like society like banning together. There's, there's really the individual like hippie people that are like, please save the earth. Don't cut the trees down. Um, so I think that really needs to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of what we're going to talk about today a little bit is, is sort of like, I guess that it's just sort of an interesting and shitty thing that, (laughs) that the, the way that making sustainable choices, yeah, is sort of like communicated it is almost, it's like, it's putting all of the work on the individual and, mm-hmm. and it's sort of shifting the, the blame to 
people being like, well, you, you know, you were the one buying plastic stuff. So that's why we now have this problem, but when it's not actually like, where is the accountability for these industries that have been capitalizing on cheap plastics and, you know, terrible sourcing like making some big environmental impacts yeah um and societal impacts as well right yeah by not paying their their workers like there's just huge levels of of inequality in terms of the accountability of of, um this like i guess the sustainable movement Mm -hmm. and uh and all of these issues something i notice on a pretty continu- on a pretty continuous basis a lot of it is because of twitter our twitter handle is underscore living brand directory i think oh underscore the living brand yeah um follow us it's it's a lot of fun that's me on there um but one thing i think that it that i see a lot is how there are groups and it is a movement, but they're all fractioned. Like, you know, you have save the koalas over here and like the um, homies over here that are like focused on fruit. And then, you know, they, they almost become competing sustainability industries. And, you know, then you have the fair trade group and, and you have people, people are always we're humans. We're always going to think that our cause is more important than anybody else's cause. You know, we're always going to be like, my solution is the solution and this is where it starts. But when you have billions of people and like a million of them start a cause thinking like, this is the way to start. And then now they're competing with each other. Meanwhile, the plastic industry is just pumping shit out. It's just cranking it out you know and just we're over here bitching at each other about whether like fruit or koalas are more important you know yeah and I think that has to stop and like I I made a point of it today because somebody had posted like what do you think about big brands using sustainability as a marketing ploy and I said, well, I think that sustainability is an interesting question, right? Because sustainability is a competitive advantage for any brand that's operating sustainably. Yep. We, and we want small sustainable brands to become big sustainable brands. We also want big name brands to move towards sustainability. This is how we as individuals make choices. We follow these large brands and then we idolize these sustainable movements. What sucks is greenwashing. And I make this point, um, people liked it, but a lot of people's response was like, I feel like I run a, I run a sustainable brand or you see the sustainable brand doing the real thing, like a small brand doing the real thing. And then the, these big brands just come along and they just take all my customers away. So then you have, then, then it turns into like a competitive issue inside of a, inside of this like 
singular focus on slower fashion. And I, I mean, I think maybe that's like, that's capitalism, but like sustainability is sustainability, you know, green, there's a lot in there, but also greenwashing sucks. So I think that's where we should make that differentiation, not like they're bigger than me. So I don't want them to use their competitive advantage the same way I use mine. Yeah. That's interesting. That is an interesting thing of like, um, like why, yeah, rather than looking at the positive side of like, okay, this big business is now choosing to um, make, set some sustainability goals, set some in like, um, or make some changes internally, make some changes to their sourcing, to their supply chain, whatever it may be. Um, Why is that not thought of as like good? And it's immediately thought of as competition. And um, I think that that's sort of just inherently a human thing that like, Mm -hmm we are competitive creatures and also it's just capitalism too definitely um yeah but there i mean there's no shortage of uh people in this world (laughs) and consumers (laughs) and it's i think that it, it, yeah, it will be something that's in, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, sort of like the uh, the sustainable elitists kind of versus right. the people who are newer to making making some adjustments to their lifestyle. Um, it, it will be interesting to see how that sort of shifts. Because um, there, yeah, I mean, it is any effort is a good effort, and that should be something right. that we like are thankful for and applaud when people yeah. try to become more conscious of, of mm-hmm. their effect on the planet. And, um, but human nature is human nature. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Would you rather, like I mentioned Walmart, they have a pretty cool, um, I don't have a link for you, but if you just Google like Walmart sustainability, they're focused on moving to net zero uh, like by 2025 or something. It's, it's like one of the most aggressive and specifically towards their energy, I think hmm. it'd be really difficult, but they're also looking into their sourcing and mm-hmm. they're looking into like, I think specifically wind energy. Some of the Walmarts tend to be in, in places that are, have a lot of fucking space. Right. So a lot of Walmarts now, I guess are focused on getting like an actual windmill for wind energy to power their store. Um, and so are we not supposed to be stoked for that because they're fucking Walmart? Like it's, yeah, that's a really tough call to make, man. You know? I mean, right. Because the problem is with some of that, that it is, it's a distraction also from like, okay, well, you should also pay your workers a living wage. You know, you, right. could, you could also <laughs> do this and this and this. There, and there's a right. laundry list of things that have right. been egregious um, for mm-hmm. many, many there's years. There's a lot going on. Right. right. There's a lot going on there that needs to change but yeah. I'm not going to be the person that's like well sometimes I am 
I'm, I'm not going to, but I'm not always going to be the person that's like, fuck your sustainability. Like do this. I don't want to faction. That's what I was saying is I don't want right. to like break those things apart. Progress is progress. And we're at a point where I think that it is an emergency. Yeah. We've created now an emergency situation. So we have to, we have to do everything we can. Right. Yeah. And, and Walmart is, has such influence because Mm -hmm. they are so massive and they tend to be in more rural areas where some of these concepts are entirely new or are like just kind of like people just don't care. Um, they just have other things that, you know, or they don't have access or they don't have infrastructure. Like we were Um, we'll probably next week talk about recycling or not next week, but like next month Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to talk about recycling. And like, I didn't, I couldn't recycle growing up. There's no infrastructure for that in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. Right. Yeah. So, and that's the unfortunate kind of um, flip side of sustainability is that it's often something that is only accessible to folks in the upper, you know, middle class. Mm -hmm. Um, It is something that not everyone has like economic resources in order to make sustainable choices. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a big issue that we'll definitely touch on, but sustainability uh, as a, as a privilege is a, is a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should definitely do a podcast about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that when I will, so we'll sort of be tackling this issue by issue mm-hmm. for everyone who's sort of watching. Today's episode is really kind of an overview and sort of an introduction to like, this is why we're talking about all of this stuff. It's because this is an insanely massive, multifaceted, all-encompassing issue (laughs) that that is layers upon layers upon layers um and it all needs to be discussed because it's like it's all equally it all plays a part of this yeah global global ecosystem that we're living in (laughs) and so it sort of needs to be like picked apart like issue by issue I suppose Mm -hmm. but um but there's yeah. a lot that we don't know. And that's also what I'm really excited about as, as we continue this process of making these podcasts is that we're going to be, you know, bringing in industry leaders that can, that can teach us about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to be reading books that will teach us about some of this stuff. And like, and that's a really cool process because mm-hmm. it's like, it's okay that we, you know, we don't know everything. This is something that we're super passionate about, but like, and I think it's super <laughs> hard to know, right? Like we've done, we've done our due diligence in terms of like what we can find online and, and moving towards a more eco-friendly lifestyle and like following the blogs and, and fuck writing a lot of the blogs. Like, I think I have sustainability blogs kind of all over the internet, but like <laughs> there, there's a point when it becomes like this issue isn't just a consumer issue. It's an industry issue. And it is like so much, we need to take that step to make it larger 
and larger so that we understand these, this like big picture of what's happening. And it it also feels really cool that we're there. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely very excited to learn about the like interconnected interconnectedness of all of these. um, Right. These issues. Yeah. Um, Yeah. it's, It's something that, um, I think both you and I both kind of have been interested in this sort of stuff since like forever we younger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, as we learned last week, we apparently make all our choices when we're like between eight and 11 about the things we care about. So, yeah, I don't like recall. I don't have any like memories of like being a kid and like I think that, yeah, it was just sort of, I, I was a kid that loved to like follow like rules. <laughs> so when I learned like about like, you know, it's not good to litter and you got to recycle and stuff. And like, I started kind of like thinking about how these things affect the world and like seeing images of landfill and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and I just always correlated that with being like bad and like, mm-hmm. So I think that's probably where it started in an early age, I suppose. I don't know. For me, I just grew up in the woods and I think it's ugly to see wrappers around and you learn it doesn't grow. But it's also what around? What is that? Litter. I hate to see litter in the woods. Oh, yeah. Oh, wrappers. In- oh, like wrappers. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, huh? <laughs> there's this, there's just like rogue rappers Wild just rappers like, in out the- in the woods in Michigan <laughs> laying like sick beats hey. <laughs> that's where they all are okay yeah yeah right on yeah like I think my first strong I don't know I'm one of those kids that didn't care for rules and I also have a pretty good head for reading between the lines and like follow finding loopholes um and when I I think I've told this story before that like I wanted to wear pajamas to school in sixth grade and they didn't explicitly no they did they said no pajamas allowed in school and I started a petition because in because we were learning in civics class that that America is a democracy and that we could um, like make, we could make a petition for getting what we wanted. And um, so I fucking did. And I went around and I got signatures from every single sixth grade class um, because there were several. And um, I was like um, 11. Um, Yeah. I, got in major trouble for that and, they didn't um, they didn't like that yeah <laughs> no but they amended the school um handbook because the next year to not to say no petitions or anything but i had found i had read the school handbook and found a loophole and i was like wearing whatever i wanted based on that loophole i see and i also created the petition based on 
that specific loophole and they got rid of it the next year. So um, <laughs> that has nothing to do with sustainability, but I, and then, and then my dad told me I couldn't play football because I was a girl. And then all of a sudden I was like a super fucking feminist. And I kind of just started like down this road of like liberal ideation from that point on. And, um, so, well, simultaneously just spending lots of time in the woods and being mad when I found litter mm-hmm. and at some point they kind of just converged and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, that actually reminds me that yeah in in high school I actually I remember being part of an organization that uh, set up recycling bins in all of the classrooms and we would go and collect them because like that wasn't a part of like the normal Mm-mm. situation like they didn't mm-hmm. yeah they used to just be like one trash can in every classroom but then we put in blue ones how That's funny. Cool. I've totally forgot about that memory. <laughs> I don't know. That just totally, that reminded me that like, yeah, when, when you get involved with your getting involved with school, making changes. Yeah. There. Making changes. The first time I made a change like that was in college. I worked for the child advocacy center mm-hmm. in fucking Podunk, Michigan. It was a, f- a 40 minute drive one way from my um, like on the highway from my house in Lansing, but in the middle of Michigan, they don't have recycling. Mm -hmm. So I would take, so the child advocacy center did a lot of paperwork because they basically, um, abused and neglected children. They would like interview them and then find them safer places to be if necessary, help them with court cases and stuff. And uh, they didn't have recycling there, but we had so much fucking paperwork because because everybody had like computers weren't a thing. I mean, they were, but like they weren't like these places without like funding didn't ever get better computers. So they just kept writing everything down. So there would just be boxes and boxes and boxes of random papers that would just sit there or get thrown away. So I loaded up my entire 98 Mustang. I had a red, <laughs> red 1998 Mustang and I filled the entire thing with the paper from this fucking place. And I took it to the recycling bin at Michigan state. Like, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I also forgot that I did that. That's so really, yeah. All of these That's like funny. recycling memories coming back. <laughs> But that's typically where it starts, right? Like but, that's that's like the first place where people kind of become introduced to this concept of like thinking about your waste and where it's mm-hmm. going is sort of like, oh, this should be recycled. Like that that's typically where that education kind of starts. Um, yeah. It's interesting that it's so conceptually like in our brains and so not built properly into an infrastructure that people can actually use. Right. Yeah. We'll dive deeper into that in a, in a few weeks, but yeah, that is a very unfortunate reality. Yeah. That, uh, that even that sort of beginning stage of, Mm -hmm. um, 
is something that's not available to everyone by a yeah. long shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is just kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm also really excited to talk about sourcing and like what it means when people talk, when you hear brands talk about sustainable sourcing and what that actually like looks like Mm -hmm. and supply chain work, um, what it means to have a transparent supply chain. That's something that we've talked about. I wrote a blog about traceability, but something I want to learn more about like step-by-step sharing. I I think I understand it on a very high level, but I want to, I'm excited to like dive deeper into sourcing and sourcing options and like how to know, you know, like a lot of the people we work with, they don't have huge budgets, but when they're making, when they're having their products made, they do what they can. They actually will go visit these shops and see how their products are made and, and like, you have, you have like broke entrepreneurs traveling to the other side of the world to make sure that like the conditions in their warehouses are exactly what the warehouse owner says to be. And mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing, but it's also kind of a shame that that has to be a reality, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no standard for any of this so it's like yeah when you decide that this is something that you want to be dedicated to it it, it's it becomes a like it's like a personal journey (laughs) to try to find out all of this stuff because yeah I mean just because of the way that things have been for so long it it, this is just this is not the way that things have been done we've you know like, you know, it's been, if you want to start a business, okay, you look for the cheapest thing that you can buy that you can then sell and have the biggest profits. Like that's been the, that's the standard for so long. That's how you start a business, buy cheap, sell high, you know, Mm -hmm. but once, once you start kind of going a level deeper and, and actually like creating a business that has sets of values that you stand behind that requires a whole new level of dedication and research and, mm-hmm. and, and involvement. Like why is this product so cheap? Right. Right. You know? Yeah. These are questions that we don't ask. Yeah. That like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? <laughs> What is the unintended consequences that are perhaps, you know, far more pricey than just what you're saving um, by buying something so cheap? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a wild Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Yeah, and it's one of the things I'm noticing just back kind of back to the idea of this falling on the individual. Yeah is I'm one of those people that will write into a business before I buy from them to make sure that like, I understand what their website, that that I understand like what their practices are, if it's not very clear. And, um, I, I have found that it is that when you start doing that, like I found it to be really challenging. And some of the sites that, that look like, oh yeah, this is something that I can trust. Um, then you email them and, and there's just 
nothing or or it's like well, like yeah I can't support them and some and I just had a I just had a um an experience where I wanted to buy something and I'm not going to say what it is because it's a gift for Courtney and she hasn't gotten it yet um <laughs> I wanted to buy something and I like was searching for this specific item and I found it. And then I emailed this brand and they looked, the the product looked really cool, but they, the website looked like shit. It looked like something I couldn't really trust. Yeah. And I, but I thought that their product was so cool that I emailed them and it turns out that it is, um, like laser cut by them and they do the work. Um, and you know, it's, it's really well-made and I actually just got the product and it's beautiful and it's in a, it was in a sustainable box and it came like very well and very neatly packaged. And, but it, it took a lot longer to, to find that and to make that purchase. And just because I'm conscious about it. Yeah. It's like a little frustrating. (laughs) But it is. Yeah. Yeah. And Right. So one, yeah, once you've decided that that's something that like is, is something that you want to support or you want to create your business in this way. Yeah. I mean, you're then setting yourself up for unfortunately having to do a shit ton of like research work Yeah, because it's not yet standard that this information is like available to the consumer. Mm -hmm. Um, or even available to the brand owner if they're sourcing something right. from like a factory that they just, you know, they don't know anything. They, about. Yeah. If yeah. you've never actually gone there, how do you know that, you know, these promises of these particular manufacturers are actually true. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to know. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the what is, right yeah. Now. Um, and I'm, and we're just going to be over the next, I don't know, foreseeable future, uh, learning about it and sharing about how we can be better consumers, how brands can be better at the, at sustainability and communicating their sustainability, sustainability as brands. And, um, a lot about the kinds of shifts that we need to make as a society to be more sustainable. So we don't, um, basically kill off all the humans in the world and animals and plants although plants will probably be fine i think plants will probably be fine yeah eventually i just read that they did a store a a study on the uh los angeles area Mm -hmm. and they found that like house plant and um, like garden plant decomposition, it makes up like almost a fifth of the carbon emissions in the LA area. Crazy, right? Wait, what? Decomposition? Yeah, that decomposition of-, of plants, like when, when plants die and they're being, or trees or like the parks and everything, when they die, they give off a certain amount, a certain type of carbon, like carbon 14. Mm-hmm. And that's the radioactive carbon used for carbon dating. So the scientists can tell how old it is in the air um, when they when they take samples from the air. 
and almost a fifth of it was is from it of the carbon in the air has carbon 14 in it and they think they're saying that that's from decomposition decomposing plant matter yes interesting Mm -hmm. decomposing plants i mean like dead plants just when they die and stuff. I mean, just take care of your house plants is kind of all I was saying. <laughs> is that somehow related to like the farming industry? And like, I don't know. It wasn't a very clear, like it, that there wasn't, it was kind of a hmm. bad issue. Like it was kind of just a, hmm. a, a data they found one that, that they found. Yeah. yeah. That they had thought that they had thought that that number would be a lot lower because yeah. Um, or that percentage rather would have been a lot lower, but they're saying now that, that it's a, was a fifth, but honestly thinking about it, like there's hella more humans doing human stuff. And this is also like human waste and all that stuff, but like, that's still basically that one fifth is just basically what the amount of carbon would be if the industrials shit wasn't happening so it was still like five times the amount of carbon that like really should be happening yeah those other four fifths of whatever those other four fifths yeah yeah Hmm. are still human made yeah interesting yeah Mm -hmm. i mean well yeah i guess what like what can actually be done about that and that seems really strange that there's so many decomposing plants in a place that is so um um urban urban. yeah yeah um that's that is surprising I don't really yeah it was surprising it was surprising to the data I'm not sure that's the thing we should focus on solving but because it's like not a big thing but like I thought it was a really interesting data point that they found I and I honestly don't know what it means does it mean that like people don't take care of their plants and they're getting lots of plants and then like they're dying does it mean like that uh like for instance compost like if people eat Mm. food and then it's sitting in big compost bins Mm. in the in the landfill like that was what my mind went to like Hmm. could that be doing it I have no idea Curious. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. My mind went immediately to like farm farming. Um, Maybe parks. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's. Because also if you think about like cutting the grass that could do it, you know, that kills a bunch of plants. And those that grass like decomposes. That's true. Yeah. Bunch of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know actually in Los Angeles proper if they have composting. Um, I know that I'm in Ventura County and we do not have it widely available. It's just you have trash and recycling. Um, I would imagine that LA doesn't have compost. It seems like a pretty progressive thing um, that isn't as available to like each household. But they might have a garden. They might have like garden waste. 
Yeah. yeah. But I don't actually know what happens to that once the trucks take it. Right. That's a big problem. We'll have to talk about it. Anyway, there's a lot of problems with sustainable with um, in the world right now and in, involved around sustainability. Pretty much every industry has them. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every aspect of our economy and business and production um, mm-hmm. yeah. has has is either facing huge issues or trying to solve huge issues um, but even some of the solutions aren't perfect and we'll certainly talk about some of those as well um yeah it's so it's a lot to tackle but it's like that is you know again it can be really kind of daunting and intimidating and uh and that's sort of feeling that way (laughs) Hmm? like I was just feeling that way like yeah 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 and and i think that that's sort of why we feel so dedicated to creating this this podcast and this and and talking about it because it's like Mm -hmm. yeah it is daunting it is really big and overwhelming and like the only way that we will be able to combat that is by like banding together and Mm -hmm. talking to people and Mm -hmm. trying to come up with solutions that work for larger groups of people and not just the individual and and we're actually you know holding industries accountable and and making some bigger sweeping changes to Mm -hmm. regulations or anything I don't have all the solutions. We do not have all the solutions. Nor does any one individual, you know, like no, it, it can't be just on, on one single person. And so, um, but we're yeah. going to do our best to learn about it and suggest things. And we work with a lot of really awesome sustainable brands and talk to a lot of really awesome sustainable brands about what they're doing. Um, and I think one thing I love about working with the entrepreneurs and with business owners is that they're so creative and they come up with really, really incredible ways of solving multiple problems in one go. Yeah. That's, I mean, the beauty of humanity is that we are really creative and adaptable and that's what we have to really tap into right now in order to solve some of these massive problems and, there will be some really big shifts that will happen within our lifetime. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're basically looking at either we go green or there's going to be the apocalypse coming. So like, I hate, I don't want to put it be so dramatic, but <laughs> it's that dramatic. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we could, I mean, it works in Mad Max, right? We can all just get like really cool strappy outfits, leather. Where's all their gas coming from actually in Mad Mad Max? They, they stole it from each other. That's like the whole point of Mad Max is is, warfare happening. I don't know. Yeah. They're still fighting over gas. And there's no water, so they only have mother's milk. That's essentially like... But they use up so much gas. I know. 
the fires and the cars and the yeah it seems I think that's also kind of the point was like I feel like Mad Max has like a very large point to it Have you watched them all? Missed me. No, I have not. No, I saw like one and I like hated it. (laughs) I I literally like turned it off the first time I tried to watch it. Like the newer one. one? Or at least they're on or whatever. I don't know. You have to watch it from the beginning. I've seen it now. I've seen it now and I still am like, okay. But I'm just not honestly kind of not a huge movie person. I'm not either. I feel that. And I just, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I understand its correlations with like, uh, you know, societies uh, being run by corrupt individuals and there being wars on resources. I guess those were sort of the points that it was trying to make. Yeah. You got it. Right. It's also weird. It's a weird movie. And I and I kind of was just like, yeah, yeah I know that these are probably. I mean, it's a trilogy. And it's a good oh. fucking trilogy. And it's written really well. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> it's a trilogy, man. And it was with Mel Gibson in the beginning. And Mel Gibson did the first two. And then the creator, the director of it, literally was like, the technology doesn't exist for the final movie that I want to create. So I'm just going to wait and to make the next, the last installment until the technology was here. And then he made the lead, the, the last one. What technology? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, just like CGI? Yeah, <laughs> the CGI. I'm not a movie person. I just know weird shit about That's weird it. shit like Mad Max. Somehow I know a lot about that. Fun facts. Yeah. Fun facts. Um, I got facts. I did not know that that was a Mel Gibson movie. So it's, a, it's essentially Waterworld, but more dry. The opposite problem. But they might yes. actually exist on probably the same universe. They probably do. They probably do. <laughs> so the, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of like it starts out with normal time, and then the and then he's a cop, and then there's the and then his his family is killed, and then he goes he turns into Mad Max, and then he's like fucking Mad Max, and then and then the apocalypse comes, and he's like and, and the anarchist. It's just a whole thing. If there's a whole story arc there. It makes a lot of sense when you watch it from the beginning, but that was like 25 years ago or something. So when they when that original one came out, yeah, mm. maybe even longer. Might have been in like the 70s or 80s, early 80s, I think. I don't know. Yeah, it's anyway. It ain't like we didn't know this shit was coming. <laughs> Because there were movies about it 30 fucking years ago. Right. That, that was the is. whole point about bringing up Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, there were like international talks starting in 1989. Mm-hmm. About, was it 79? Maybe it's 89. 
I think it was 79. The first international talk with climate change was taught, was brought up was in 1979, which is 40 years ago. Yeah. Right. It's um, so not necessarily new information, but just mm-hmm. seemed like sci-fi for a very long time. But now that is our reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what else we what else we learn over the course of the next um, foreseeable future as we kind yeah. of try to tackle some of these individual things. Um, I think it's going to be great and fun, and maybe a little stressful <laughs> in a good way. In like a, I just learned something that maybe is a little dumb or stressful yeah but it's like I I think that it's sort of like a cop-out when we like avoid dealing with big issues because they're uncomfortable yes and I think that that's like yeah that's sort of why I am really excited for this because it's like yeah it is a really, really challenging thing to tackle. Mm-hmm. And, and we may not be able to figure it all out, but mm-hmm. like, we still have to try regardless yeah. of how difficult it will be. And if we don't, then like, I mean, I don't want to live with that regret, you know, like, right. I don't want to die with that regret, you know, like I, yeah, I, 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 um, it's worth, it's it's a challenge worth fighting for that. Like, yeah. And we've always said since the beginning of dandelion, like this is our role is to like elevate sustainable sustainability and sustainable businesses. And this is just another way that we're adding to that. This is, this is like, what we can use our skills to do is make this better, try to make this a better, safer place to live. Pretty much. That's the goal. So this, that's environmental podcast, man. Environmental. Welcome. <laughs> to say environmental and not off-brand. Environmental. Yeah. Um, yeah if um i mean if you if if you have any like suggestions for different or or questions that you want us to like cover yes that would be really cool to know um because this is yeah an entirely new format entirely new type of um top like topics that we'll be we'll be covering and um yeah, if there's anything that like, yeah, is is an issue that you want us to explore. Yeah. We'd love to know. I'll, I want to explore issues that other people are curious about for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or if you are some, and you know, someone who works in a particular industry and has some what of um, some expertise in... Ooh any type of 
solution oriented uh, mm-hmm. industry, I suppose, then yeah, also get in contact because we would love to uh, bring you on. Yeah, we'd love to have you come talk about the solutions you're finding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the goal, right? Yeah, we want to amplify yeah. their voices and um, and to bring our audience to you and uh, help folks learn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we hope that that sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for... uh, Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) Thanks for listening to our little introduction about why this matters and why we're talking about it and why we're now changing um, everything about our broadcast. Environmental. We need a new sound. Like ding, ding, ding. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Mm, I mean, yeah, we normally have like music that kind of is an intro and outro music, but maybe that can change. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll deal with that. Uh, but yeah. Maybe we think- have birds that go into like a epiphany sound. What is an epiphany sound? I don't fucking know. It's like ding. Yeah, that's also a fine sound. How did you make that? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I like that sound. Record it. (laughs) Like, make it like birds and then you're... (laughs) They're popping. (laughs) Are they exploding? Is the bird... bird... Yeah. Into light. (laughs) Yeah. That might be something we got to play with to make it more on brand for environmental, but we'll see. Yeah. Things change. Okay. Always. Uh, That's all. Have a good day. Yep. Thanks for watching, everybody. Until next time. Bye bye.